Hello and welcome to my podcast, A Glimpse of God. Um, my name is Dakota Ashley, if you haven't already found that out. You've listened to a lot of my sermon content. Um, I believe I have seven on here now. So you've got an idea of what I believe, what my doctrine is, and who I am. Maybe some of my story. But today I want to just get on here and share my story, and where I come from, where I've been, what God's brought me from. Um, some of you may know it, some of you might not. But where do I begin? Um, this title of my podcast, A Glimpse of God, um, is exactly that. I want to give every one of you, maybe people that ain't in church, maybe people that want to come to church but just can't get that extra urge to, just to give them a little glimpse of God, just a, just a glimpse of who He is, a glimpse of what He's done for you. Because when you truly get that glimpse of God, He'll change you. He won't just change you. He'll, he'll put a fire in you that can't be contained, that can't be controlled, a fire that spreads. You just want to tell other people about. But I didn't always know about that. I grew up poor. Um... I mean, my mom, she done the best she could raising us, um, but she got caught up in the wrong stuff. She lost her baby back in 2007, born stillborn, and she turned, instead of going to God, she turned the opposite way and went to drugs and everything you can think of. Had a new boyfriend every week. It wasn't the life to live as a child. Now we were clothed and we were fed and we had family that loved us. And my mom loved us. But the drug just consumed her. And it just shows you the power that Satan has in this world. He's got power over the mind. He's got power over your body. I mean, he can make it easy. He can make this world look appetizing for you. He can make you do some things you never thought you'd do. Including turn your back on your own children. That's what he did to my mother. So we were in and out of homes. I, my grandmother got custody of us, and she had us for a little bit, and then my aunt got custody of us. And then I think my mom, I believe, got custody of us again. She got right, but then went right back to the drugs. And My grandma got us again. I stayed with my grandma up until I turned 18. I mean, that's where I was. She, she, half of my life was raised by my grandmother. And she's in heaven today, I believe. And I miss her dearly. And I hate that she's missing all this, Lord. But we'll catch up one day. We'll catch up one day. But back on my childhood, I'd always had an interest in God. I remember in kindergarten, um, one day, uh, the week of before Easter, I believe on that Friday, I would say, it's probably when we did it, the, my kindergarten teacher came in and wanted us to draw something that had to do with Easter. And everyone around me were drawing Easter bunnies and rabbits and Easter eggs. But I drew the three crosses on Mount Calvary as an innocent little five-year-old child. That's what I thought of when I thought of Easter. So I was in church at a very young age. I went to the Awana program at my local church and church that I preach at now a lot you know 
five years old, I was in the Cubby program. I was in the Sparky program. I went up into the TNT program and up into the teens class. I was in church when it came to, but I didn't really go for God. And I made a false profession of faith when I was eight years old in the hallway of that church. I didn't understand what sin was. I didn't know that I deserved hell. I didn't know none of that. I just said, you know, I just said a prayer in my head and said I was saved and went on with it. And it wasn't until I went to a, a church camp. You know, I went to church camps on my whole life. My aunt made sure we were signed up, and my uncle, and he's going to be in, with heaven, or in heaven with Jesus now too. And, but he made sure we were going to these camps every year. And I remember going to a camp. It's called I'm Accepted Camp, um, ran by Billy Wayne Ministries out of Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, we went down to Pigeon Forge, and God changed me that week. I remember that last night of the camp, on Friday night, God had me in tears. Oh, I knew what sin was, and I knew what it, how vile I was, and I understood how holy God was, and I understood I, how hell-deserving I was. And I and, and from that moment, I, I realized I, it ain't. I'm not saved. I'm not saved, and I believe I got saved that night. The next day, I was baptized in a swimming pool. God changed me that day, 16 years old. I come home and listen to different music. I come home and wanted to change the way I speak, wanted to change the way I look at things, change the way there was a change that happened. I remember it vividly. This camp changed me. God Almighty changed me. That's what it's all about. So I continued living like that, but I didn't go to church like I was supposed to. Like I'd go Wednesday night, and that's about it. I wouldn't ever run in the door on Sunday morning unless it was Easter Sunday or Mother's Day or something like that. I, w I wouldn't be in church. I was going for the fun and game of it. Um, but after I got saved, I, I had this more. I have more of a desire to learn. But then I just stopped going to church altogether and fell back into this world that Satan makes so appetizing, running from the will of God, running, doing my own thing. Started working a job at McDonald's when I was 17 years old after I graduated high school. And this is after I experienced a lot of stuff. You know, like I said, I was in house to house to house to house. I had so much anger for my mother and father. My father on the streets doing whatever he wants to do. Never really had a father. My mother, like I said, in and out of prison and jail and on the streets and I hated it. I hated it. But I couldn't let that define who I was. I couldn't let it define me. And I praise God for my grandmother, my aunt, to come in my life and help me. When I could have been out off in state's custody somewhere, they stepped up when it mattered. I mean, I remember one time, uh, this memory just came to me. My mom was outside and we couldn't find her and she was outside in the camper, outside in our, front, our backyard. And I would, I'd have been about 13 years old. My brother, younger brother Chance would have been about 10. And I put him up on my shoulders and let him see what was going on in there. And what he explained to me was a meth lab. It was a meth lab. We were watching my mother cook meth. And that way, from that time on, that's when my grandmother started getting involved and she stepped up and I really appreciate it.
Appreciate that woman. But anyways, back to the point. I was I got a job at McDonald's when I was 17 years old and started there. And this is after I'm out of church now. After I graduated, I'm out on my own. I'm still living with my grandmother. Um, in one of her bedrooms. And I start going to McDonald's. I start going to work. I'm working 40, 50 hours a week. And I meet this girl there named Victoria. And who would have known that that would be, that would be my wife one day. Yeah, and that was actually my first, my first girlfriend. But again, living out of the will of God. Living way out of the will of God. I drink every now and again. I wasn't addicted. I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but I but I, I would drink every now and again at parties. Me and Victoria eventually hooked up, and we were doing things we shouldn't have done. Uh, premarital sex was a, a, a definite definitely thing that was happening um, because again I was living out of the will of God. It didn't matter. I'd not been in church, and this is why in church is so important because it keeps you around that fellowship of God's people. They can hold you accountable. They can keep, you know, when you're in the presence of God, things happen. And I didn't have that. So I was just straying away like a lost sheep. I was going, getting lost in my own ways. And eventually she got pregnant. So we had to find a house and move out. I got married to her because I didn't want my baby to be born without a, a father, without a, a, that was married to his mother. And I, I just, that's just something that's always bothered me. Um, so I made sure me and Victoria were married. She professed she was saved. I believed her. And then really, it wouldn't have mattered if she told me she wasn't at that time. I didn't. It's like I just didn't care. I didn't care. I was doing my own thing, living in the world. Moved out of my grandmother's house, got her own place to raise Jackson, my son, who was born September 6th. 2018 right now as I'm recording this is his fifth birthday September 6 2023 five years a lot's changed in those five years I'll tell you what that's where I'm going to be spending most of my time here in this podcast during those five years after Jackson was born I'm still working at McDonald's I'm still doing my thing there I'm eventually working my way up to a general manager position Took me years. That's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to move up in the corporation at McDonald's. That's that was my dream. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I had my desires on. Finally, I I made it to that position. I'm now a GM. I had my own store. They moved me over into Kingsport. And man, the Lord was just so good to me. The Lord is just so good to me. As far as like, just what He did, I. His sovereignty, His providence is what's so good. He drew me. You can't get saved without the drawing of the Holy Spirit. You can't get saved without the drawing of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that. So I moved over here. I moved over here to Kingsport McDonald's and was there for about three months. And I don't know what happened, but God just kept showing out in my life and in little ways. Um, but it wasn't until a night in Walmart. August 23rd. <coughs> excuse me. August 23rd. 2021. 
I'm walking into Walmart in Elizabeth with my brother. And this woman from my church, I don't even believe I knew her name at the time. Her name is Tina Laws. She came in there and she saw me and she said, Hey, Dakota, we miss you at church. You guys should come next week. And I don't know what it was, but the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in an instant and said, You've got to go to church Sunday. The Holy Spirit said, you've got to go to church Sunday because there's something I've got for you. There's something I need you to do. There's something I've got planned for you. This is what the thoughts were coming to my head. I've not been in church in years. Like I might have went on a Mother's Day or something, but I've not been to church in years. During this time, after I become a GM, I was getting high every day on that Delta 8 stuff they come out with on the, in the gas stations. It was legal. I said, ah, I'm a good boy. I'll do it. Legal. It's legal. So I did it. And I did it. And I I was getting to where it took control over me. I was getting high every single day. I mean, it started to take the point where I got high at work. I was getting high after I got off work. I was getting high before I went to bed. I was getting high, high, high. And I was not the father I was supposed to be to my son. I was not the husband I was supposed to be to my wife. And I didn't go over this, but during that time, too, that I was becoming a GM, my mother dropped my two younger brothers off at my doorstep, and I never came back, and I had to get full custody of them. So I'm raising three children at the time, three kids now, 15 years old, 10 years old, 2 years old. I'm, I didn't care. It's, God was the furthest thing away from me, but that night in a Walmart... He spoke to me that night in a Walmart. He told me he had something for me. He was drawing me. And I remember I told my brother, I said, the Lord's got something planned for me. I don't know what it is. That was on a Monday night. And I went to work the next day or the day after that, I don't remember. But I went to work and God just kept doing things to me. He was always on my mind. I'd pull out a skim. This is what we call. This is what the managers have to do at McDonald's. For those of you who don't know, when the cash register gets full of money, we'd have to go back there and grab a handful of the money and put it in the safe, you know, in case we get robbed or something like that. I went back there and pulled out some money. Got me some twenties. Got me some tens. Got me some fives. Got me some ones. I went back there and counted it and put it in the safe. My total was seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars. This is right after I was talking to God in my head. God, let me. Let me know you're with me today. Let me know you're with me. This is right after I, you know the, the conversation I had at Walmart. And that right there just spoke to me. You know, it's like just God showing showing him, showing himself to me. Uh, and I remember that same day, somebody handed me a mango pineapple smoothie and told me to run it out. And I ran it out, and there was my my friend, my brother, a man that's inspired me to be who I am, somebody that means a lot to me, Billy Wayne Arrington, the same man that runs the camp out of Kingsport, the same one I was saved at, the same one I was baptized by. And we got to talking, and he invited me over to his house for Bible studies. and I didn't know what God was doing. God was just working. He was working, working. So... Um, Anyways, I woke up that next Sunday morning, 
And I'll just be honest with you. I woke up and I said, I'm going back to sleep. I woke up and said, I'm not going to church. I woke up and said, there's no possible way I'm going to church. I'm too tired. I'm going back to sleep. And the Lord said, no, get your butt up. You're going to church. I've got something for you. I need you to go to church. I need you to do what I'm telling you to do. And I got up. I believe I was the only one that went, actually. And I got up and went to church that morning because of that invitation in a Walmart. And I went to church, and uh, my pastor started getting up there and talking about a, a tent meeting that was going on an hour away in Newland, North Carolina. He said that he went Friday and uh, was at a restaurant up in Newland, and an evangelist he knew walked in um, named Terry Roberts and was talking to him and said, hey, we got a meeting going on down the road. You should come. Souls are getting saved. Lives are getting changed. People are getting called to preach. I mean, a lot was going on. And, and my pastor, Frank Osborne, was said, you know, he, he, he was telling the story. And he said, I didn't know whether I was going to go back or not. He went back to his house all the way in Bluff City from New one. Uh, changed. And then headed back that way. Drove right back. That took obedience right there. Took obedience. He said the rain was so bad, pouring so hard, when he got up to Hampton, headed up to the new one, he about turned around. But he kept going anyway. He said by the time he got past Rome Mountain, North Carolina state line, it was clear. And he went to that meeting on a Friday night. And he said the mo they had a, a service at a service where people were taking their wedding rings and offering it up to the Lord taking their car keys and offering it to the Lord and me as a, a backslidden sinner sitting there in the audience the pews I was thinking in my, my head what in the world what are, the, are these people crazy are they out of their mind what are they doing are they really doing something like this is it, are they that stupid like, this is what I'm thinking. I said, what? I said, I've never heard of anything like this. Ever in my life heard of anything like this. Where people were giving up their vehicle for the ministry. And, and putting their wedding ring. And, and, and having to redeem it with some money. I never heard of anything like this. But he talked about how this meeting was so powerful. So, that Sunday, I said, I'm going to go up there one day. I worked Monday and Tuesday, but I was off Wednesday. And I was going to go there on a Wednesday. Um, I was going to go Wednesday night figure out what's going on up here in Newland, North Carolina. I was going to drive because I heard about something supernatural. I heard about something crazy, and I wanted to see it for myself. So I went on a Wednesday night, higher than a kite. That Delta 8 stuff consumed me. I mean, I'm higher than a kite. I, I don't, I wasn't thinking about even the meeting. I, I don't know what, I don't know what I, I think I even got an argument with my brother Chance. He's telling me, you know, it's, it's it's a sin to do that. And I was like, I ain't, it ain't no sin to do this. It's legal. And uh, I was sitting there fighting with him and the whole way there. And and for those of you who don't know, my brother Chance, he, he has a testimony too. And I'm going to let him share it on here one day. But he got, he followed in my footsteps of my mother and father. And he got there bad on drugs and meth and alcohol and shooting up and stealing cars and 
breaking into people's things and stealing. I mean, he, he got really bad off, and he was just now trying to get himself cleaned up at this time. So we went up to the mountain, me, him, and uh, my grandmother went. I think my wife may have went. I'm, I don't remember who, who I went, but we went up there, and I do not remember. I don't remember what the evangelist preached on. The only thing I remember was two words he kept saying. Are you all in? Are you all in? Are you all in? Those words kept kept saying to me, "Am I all in?" Sitting here high, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it might. What? I'm not all in. There's no way I'm all in. Look what I'm doing. I'm not all in. And they gave the invitation. They were playing that old hymn, "I Surrender All." All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. And I went up to the altar. That night, high, I was high. And I told Jesus, I told God, I told my Lord that I surrender all. I, t I said, I'm not all in, but I want to be all in. I'm, I'm all in for you now. God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. God, I'll do whatever you need me to do. God, I'll do it. I promise you, I'll do it. And he said, good, because I want you to preach the word. And I struggled with that for about a week. But I eventually said yes. I knew that's what God wanted me to do. Somebody that had been out of church, out of the will of God. Not done what he's supposed to do. And now called to preach the gospel to people. I'm a backwards type of guy, I'll tell you. I'm very shy. I didn't have my first girlfriend until Victoria. I didn't have no girlfriend in high school. I went to prom by myself. I was shy, shy, shy. I'm still super, super shy, nervous. I, when my insurance company calls, I have to hand the phone to my wife to let her speak to them. Sometimes I even have to pull over. I'm not even joking you when I tell you this. Sometimes if my wife is on the phone with somebody and I, I, I my nerves start shaking, wondering what's going on, what's going to happen, something bad's going to happen out of it, I have to pull the car over and walk walk outside of the vehicle while she talks on the phone. And then when she's off the phone, get back into the car. That's how shy and nervous that, I, that Dakota Ashley is. And now I'm called to preach the gospel. How am I supposed to do something like that? Through the power of God, that's how. That was the last time there on that altar when I surrendered my life. When I said, God, I'm all in for you. That was the last time that I ever got high on that Delta 8 stuff. That was the last time. That was the last time I said, God, I'm yours now. Use me. My pastor opened, let a door open up to me and said, you can preach October 10th. I'll be out of town October 10th. That'll be your first sermon. Morning service and a night service. And I said, yes. Did I, did I have to? I mean, I had no choice. I already told God I'll do what you want me to do after struggling with it about a month or not, about a week. But uh, So the Lord was good to me. You know, I went, I went, I wanted to preach in a suit. No, I didn't have no money to buy a suit. So I, I had so many, I was in so much debt and so much bills. Uh, man, it was crazy. But I went to the altar and prayed. I said, God, give me a suit to wear for my first sermon. Please, Lord. I didn't tell nobody my prayer. But then my brother... Uh, my 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 brother in Christ, my cousin Cameron Sloan. He met, he called me that night and said, "God's put it on my heart to buy you a suit." And I didn't have enough money to buy one at the time. And he bought me a suit. 
that means a lot to me and it was really God using him to speak to me you know God answered my prayer and it was really God making himself known to me he opened up the heavens Lord I'm thankful for God and him talking to me like he did really I am so um, anyways a few days into that new one revival um, more more prayers that were answered uh, my wife messaged me and she said you're crazy for going I'm not driving back up there tonight that's a lot of gas we're not so I went back Thursday night I, don't, I think without her and I believe that Friday night I could be wrong but I believe on that Friday night she sent me a message at work that morning and said you're right I need to be where you are with God I want to get where you are with God I want to go with you so she went with me and through the preaching of God's word through God's man she got saved I thought she was already saved she said, I was just playing games. I wasn't saved. I was just playing church. And she gave her life to Jesus that night on that mountain. She gave her life to Jesus. And not only her, but my, my younger brother, who I have full custody of, gave his life to Jesus that night. And I went and prayed that night. I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for doing what you've done, Lord. I want to pray for another woman. I want to pray for my mother. She's out here on the streets doing God knows whatever. She's smuggling meth in from state lines from South Carolina and bringing it back to Tennessee and selling it. Doing whatever she wants to do, she's doing it. And she's staying away from her kids and she's living out of the will. Lord, I pray, God, that you do something with her. You, 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 you give her out of the streets, Lord. And that day, unbeknownst to me, she got arrested. She's still there, to, she's still there as, I'm, as I'm talking today. She's, she's in custody because of a prayer that I prayed to God Almighty. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hey, I asked and He did it. He, he granted it for me. This right here, these answered prayers and God keeps showing up in my life is really, I was like, there, there's no way I can't preach. But then He asked me to do something really hard to do. He said, I need you to quit your job. I need you to quit your job at McDonald's. You need to give it up for me. That ain't what you're called to do. I know that's what you wanted to do, but that ain't what you're called to do. And that I struggle with. Oh, and that a lot of people call me crazy with. Even people that's in church sitting there calling me, oh, I don't think God's telling you to do that. No, I don't think God's... But I knew, I knew God was telling me to do it. I knew it. I knew it. I was looking for a house at the time. Uh... Our landlord was selling our house and we had to get out in a few days. We'd been looking for about four or five months trying to find us a house. Well, that Wednesday when I put my notice in, they were sending everybody from Knoxville. I mean, they were sending people up from everywhere to just talk to me and my boss, my boss's boss. My bo I, I wrote this two-week notice out and told them, I said, I've been called to preach. And, or it was actually a one-week notice. I only gave them a one-week notice. I said, I'll give you one week. And they were talking to me and talking to me and said, if you can't quit, you've got three kids you're raising. You've got a wife. Uh, you've got, you've really, you can't not quit. Like you're looking for a house and everything. And I said, hey, let me tell you something. If I don't quit, I won't find a house. But if I quit, I believe that God Almighty will provide. I believed it in faith. And I went through with it, the notice. That day that I had that meeting with them, um, is the day I found a house after looking for four or five months. That's the day we found something. It wasn't really a house, it was an apartment, but that's what God provided for me. 
Um, and I, I left my job as a GM, but they talked me in to staying on for two days a week over in Elizabethan, my hometown. So they moved me to Elizabethan, and I was working two days a week, and that's it. I was just helping out, working two days a week, preaching. Started preaching over at Bible Baptist Church. As nervous as can be, but through God's power, I was able to keep going. God opened up another preaching opportunity at Recovering Soldiers Ministries in Elizabeth to where I go over there Saturday morning and, and preach to them. Um, that was another God thing that happened right after I was called to preach. But uh, through it all, working at McDonald's two days a week, they kept offering me a little bit more money and a little bit more money and a little bit more money. Finally, they offered me a number I couldn't refuse. They offered me enough vacation time I couldn't refuse. And I said, yeah, there's no, I'll take it. And I become the GM of that store. And I was the GM for almost a year. Stayed at that store, and then they moved me to the Hampton location. And then year two of the mountain came. Year two. And I go up back up there on the first night on a Monday night. And the man of God, Heath Williams, preached on letting go of your Isaac, giving God your Isaac. He even said something to this effect. He said, some of you are giving God your Ishmael's. He's not wanting those. He's wanting your Isaac. Give God what he wants. Give God your Isaac. And instantly God spoke to me and said, hey, that job that I told you to quit last year, you've got it back again. You're a GM again. I wanted your job. I wanted I wanted that position. You don't need that position. I want your job. I do not want you to even work two days a week. I want your job. I want it. That's your Isaac. That's that hey, not two days a week. That's your Ishmael. If you work two days a week, you're giving me what you want. Give it all to me. Give it all to me. Now this was even harder than last year. This thought that put in my head on the first night of the meeting. But I went back to work, sobbing in tears, knowing what God wanted me to do, but knowing that I can't do it and I can't follow through with it. But I did it. I said, God, let me know you want me to leave. I said, send me another sign. I said, I know you don't have to, Lord, but I'm going to go in this in this job today, Lord, in the, crying in the parking lot. I said, I need you to show up for me. I got a health inspection that day. That when we get one a year, I got one health inspection there at that Hampton McDonald's. And he come in and he used to be a preacher out of Kingsport or Bluntville, Bluntville, Tennessee. And he used to be a preacher and he said he was a big district manager over, over Ingalls supermarkets and he stepped down uh, into the overnight stalker because God told him to. He said he went from the top dog to the small dog. He said it to the, the bottom of the totem, totem pole because that's what God told him to do. And it was like, God is like saying, yeah, this man's testimony is what I'm wanting to do with you. And I knew then, I laid my keys on the counter as I left. I told my people, I said, I won't be back. And I left. I didn't even put a notice in because I knew if I had to put a notice in, what would happen the last time. They'd talk me into it. They'd offer me more money. I put everybody on block. I had to take that those few days after I quit and just not let anybody contact me. I knew they tried to get me to work. And there I was. No job at all. No job. My wife was pregnant at the time. 
and I had three kids I've had custody of, 26 years old. A few months later, my baby girl is born, Kennedy, and I have no job now. I went from living on $1,500 a week to $100 a week, $150 a week. That's all. So God humbled me. Where I was going out to eat somewhere every night, this night we might go to Applebee's. This night we might go to Longhorn. This night, this night we might go to Taco Bell. Just, we were going out to eat somewhere every night. But when I was living on that 150 a week, God humbled me to the point that if I had to go eat at McDonald's, that was a privilege. And God made me look at money different through this six months that I lived on this money. God helped me. God showed me things about being humble. Um, and, he, and He worked in me. I did DoorDash every now and again just to you know, make that extra money for a bill. But the bills were paid. And God was faithful to what He said. He, he wanted me to do it and I did it and He was faithful. And then finally, um, He gave me the liberty to go back just three days a week, uh, 20 hours a week. And I'm kind of, I just go to different, whatever McDonald's they need me at. I've been at two different ones now. Led somebody to the Lord at one of them. Actually, I led two people to the Lord at one of them. And I've got a few of them to come to church. Um, God's working with me at McDonald's. I'm not ever going to go back full time. I never will go back full time. Mark my words on this podcast, I'll never go back full time. I'll go. I'll stay where I'm at now just to share the love of Jesus. Even if, even if I was, uh, op, uh, gave an opportunity to go full time in ministry, I believe I'd still maybe stay on McDonald's, maybe a few hours a week, just so I could tell somebody about Jesus. Because there's a lot of broken customers that come in there. There's a lot of broken employees that come in there, and you can just share Jesus through them. So I, so I, I quit the second year. That's really what God did for me. And also God opened up another door and allowed me to go down to Myrtle, Mississippi with this group of preachers that, from New England. And we'd go down to Camp Zion in Myrtle, Mississippi where a great man of God, Percy Ray, once had a, a thriving camp meeting where people come from all over the country to come hear the preaching of God's Word. And you could just feel God on the property. And God just has been so good to me. Come along now, and as I'm sitting here recording this, we're in year number three. Year number three, and what it, what is what's happened now this year is my brother Chance has been called to preach. Somebody I've been praying for for years has been called to preach the gospel. Has has been called to preach the word of God. He he went from this person who was so against the ways of God as far as living living for the devil and the ruler of this world and now became this child of God who not only was his child but but also is going to preach his word and he's, he's shy and nervous just like I am um, and I'm excited for him I'm excited what God's going to do three years uh, the mountain's been good to me up in New one. I encourage you, if you live anywhere in the vicinity of New North Carolina, to go to Mount Victory and be a part of the services because they'll do something for you. You come looking for God, He'll do something for you.
He'll, he'll uh, restore that marriage, that broken relationship. He might even save somebody lost. If you got somebody lost, take them up there on the mountain to be in God's presence. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful up there. Um, God's there. God's there. But God just, He's been good to me preaching at RSM, Recovering Soldiers, and preaching at my home church when my pastor wants me to. And now God's put it on my heart to start this podcast and figured I'd share a little bit of my testimony, where I come from, what I am. I've still raised my two younger brothers, and now I have two kids of my own and four kids. Me and my wife love Jesus now. My brother loves Jesus now. The one not my the one I have custody of, but the one that was called to preach. She's loves Jesus now. All because of an invitation in Walmart and because of a pastor getting obedient, telling a story about a revival going on. God uses obedience. I really believe uh, the men and women of Victory Baptist Church, a new one, were up there praying on the mountain for God to change people's lives, to change people to uh, not even in that area, but maybe to the east and the north and the south and the west to just draw people up there. And I believe God was listening to their prayers on that mountain for God to change people's lives. And because I was invited on a Walmart, in a Walmart, on August 23rd, 2021, and that was the same night that that revival started. Week one, year one. And I believe as, as they were praying, I believe as they were praying, I was walking through that Walmart. And I believe as they were praying, God said, you know what? I hear these prayers. Now I'm going to talk to this woman of my, that I know is going to do my will and tell her to invite this man to church. Because that's the God I am. I'll, I'll show you how I can draw somebody an hour away to drive one hour every single day there and back. Even though you work 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., you're going to go straight home, get you a shower, get you a change of clothes and drive straight Newland, North Carolina, be, in, be there till 9, 10 o'clock and get back home 11, 11, 30, get in bed by midnight, get up and do it again the next day because I am God and I love you and I am died for you and I, and I breathe the life you have in you. You have life because of me. You have kids because of me. You have a job because of me. You have everything because of me. That's the least you can do for me is drive an hour. So I, it was no big deal to drive an hour for me. Even when I didn't have a lot of money, I made sure I drove. Because God is there. Do you realize I could give any of anyone Super Bowl tickets and they drive miles and miles, hundreds of miles away to go to that, to be in the presence of football players and a crowd energy and emotion. But I can tell them God's 30 minutes down the road and they don't even care. God's not on their mind. God's not on their heart. But I was once there too. Do you understand? These, these meetings go on. They need to hear about these meetings. They need to hear about what God can do. They need to see the change. Some people just need to hear about it. Like me. Travel so many miles to go to a football game. If I said your favorite celebrity was coming to town, people would be lined up to see him. But I can tell them there's a, a church revival going on down the road. It's free. You can even sit front row and don't have to pay anything extra. But it won't show up. And God's manifest presence is there. I'm not talking about His omnipresence. He's everywhere. But I'm talking about His manifest presence when He makes Himself known. When He comes down from heaven and, 
is a part of the service. That's what I witnessed in New North Carolina. And I've been to 10 to 20 different services in the last two years that I've been in ministry. God has been good. God's been faithful. Um, I believe I've shared everything I, I, I know to say. I'm going to have my brother on here soon. Let him share his testimony. A little bit what he's been through. I love you all. And I hope you've got a glimpse of God through my story.